The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's no, it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. Hi, I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. So glad to have you with us. Our show is brought to you week in and week out by the good folks at Sabre. Did you know that there are 38,000 carjackings and 6 million car accidents occurring each year in the U.S.? Now you can protect yourself and your family with Sabre's new Safe Escape Automotive Tool, the only three-in-one car tool of its kind. The Safe Escape features a seatbelt cutter, a stainless steel glass breaker, and Sabre's Maximum Strength Pepper Gel. Protect yourself and your family with the new Safe Escape from Sabre. Available now on SabreRed.com. That's S-A-B-R-E-R-E-D.com. Use the offer code American Road to save 20% off your purchase. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. So happy that wherever you are on the open roads of America, you stop to tune in. Delighted to have you with us. I am very delighted today to bring to you a lady named Sarah Sargent. Sarah Sargent is manager of interpretation and exhibits at the Morton Arboretum. She and her team install temporary and permanent exhibits on the grounds of the Arboretum and use interpretation to help visitors connect with the landscape. And what a gorgeous landscape it is. Let's say hello to Sarah. Sarah Sargent, we're delighted to have you join us. Thank you. It's delightful to be here. The first thing I noticed, Sarah, when I went, I had to do a little research, a little show prep, and I saw the mission of the Morton Arboretum, and I'd like to read it in full. This is exceptional. The stated mission of the Morton Arboretum is to collect and study trees, shrubs, and other plants from around the world to display them across naturally beautiful landscapes for people to study and enjoy and to learn how to grow them in ways that enhance the environment. Its stated goal is to encourage the planting and conservation of trees and other plants for a greener, healthier, and more beautiful world. Sarah, I don't blame you for taking a job with the Morton Arboretum. What a great purpose in life. It's a great place to work, and it's a great place to explore. When you look at, at the Arboretum, its purpose, I know there's a backstory there, and I have to say that I am making plans now to go because my partner, Suzanne, and I are going to be heading up to Chicago and the uh, environment, Chicago land as they call it, in the fall, probably October. And when we go, there, there uh, the autumnal exhibits and the delights of the Arboretum, so we're going to stop for sure. But in terms of the backstory about this expansive land and the wonderful uses to which it is put, let our listeners know more about the Morton Arboretum. Of course. So in 1922, a Chicago entrepreneur named Joy Morton uh, donated some land to uh, found an arboretum. He and his family were very fond of trees and tree care and the preservation of trees. So if you were thinking of Morton Salt, you are absolutely correct. He donated land, and over the years, uh, the local families bought out bought land and added it. So now we're 1,700 acres in the Chicago region. We're about 25 miles outside of Chicago. And it's a beautiful space to, to walk around and experience trees. We have formal gardens in, in the central area near the visitor center. We have a children's garden. For kids to explore about 10 acres of ponds and gardens and trails and things to stomp in and climb on, we have collections of trees, which are both there for homeowners to 
encounter and study. So, for instance, if you want a tree that grows well in the region and you want to look and see what it, what it looks like in the spring or the fall, you can wander through our collections. Our scientists study them as well to find out what grows well in the Chicago region, see what does well in our crazy uh, climate out here. <laughs> and we have natural areas where we try to restore and preserve the, um, the landscape that's um, native to this area. So there's a lot of things to do and a lot of things to see on site, and it's a great place to visit. I can well imagine. Now, you're in the Chicago area. I happen to live in Sarasota, Florida, and our broadcast, which later is turned into a podcast for worldwide listening, emanates from Seattle. So if you have more than 200,000 catalog plants from any region anywhere in the world, people could go and find out what works best in their environment with their own landscape? Yes. If you find something that you like on site or you're coming a particular tree, uh, you could go to our plant clinic, and they are staff and volunteers who are experts in trees and tree care, and they can tell you about how to choose a tree for your particular um, your particular backyard or, or region, or and how to plant it and care for it so that it will grow and last for many years to come. And this is serious business, Sarah, because among other things, the Morton Arboretum has the Center for Tree Science. And I thought when I read that, these people mean business. <laughs> we do mean business. The Center for Tree Science, as as you can tell from the title, studies tree care and uh, trees trees hadn't grown in this region. So we've just opened, or we're just about to open, a new exhibit based on their research called The Gateway to Tree Science. And this is a little farther out from our core area, but it's an area where we're demonstrating the science that our, our researchers do. So we have demonstrations of trees. We have uh, information on the work our scientists do. So, for instance, many of our scientists study how to care for trees in the Chicago region. A tree growing in a, in a urban area is not is subject to stresses and, and challenges that a tree in a natural area is not. So, compacted soil or poor drainage or watering. So you can go and, and walk around and see trees planted in different conditions, uh, and this is where our scientists compare um, how a tree grows um, if it's well mulched versus poorly mulched. If it um, if there are amendments under the soil to help it grow versus a tree just planted along a sidewalk, uh, we have a lot of information about how to choose trees for your backyard. For instance, if you have a low swampy yard, you're going to want a tree that is adapted to wet conditions, perhaps a bald cypress. Or you can walk around and see some of the trees that our plant breeders have developed that grow well in this region. So it's a really, it's a really great new exhibit uh, that will help show our visitors in the site what, what our scientists do behind the scenes. That is fantastic. And this is an issue of municipal and political importance, Sarah, because for five years I lived in Las Vegas and people still watered lawns. And uh, to make a long story short, I haven't been there in a while, but I understand that Las Vegas now, when you move to houses, you're not only strongly discouraged, but depending on the rules of the water district, you're forbidden from planting those lawns. Water is a huge issue in Las Vegas and has been for years. And so if you're going to plant in Las Vegas, it's going to look like a desert botanical garden precisely because they don't need so much water. It's politically important. It is. And in this region, uh, we are interested in managing water. So knowing what trees will help 
you know, mitigate stormwater runoff is a really big deal for local homeowners. Another big deal, of course, is we're a big, sprawling urban area, and we have miles and miles of tollways, and our scientists have partnered with the Tollway Authority to try to plant trees along the tollways and find out how they, how they can grow and survive. So this year we're planting 58,000 trees along the tollways, and we're going to be studying what conditions help them thrive. So hopefully the tollways will be even better looking and more beautiful in the years to come. And I've dealt with the tollways, so I know more beauty is better, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Sarah, I did want to ask you, and I'm really kind of turning a page here, when it comes to the Arboretum and all that it has to offer, it isn't just a matter of seasonal attractions and the ongoing science of the place and the environmental sensitivity, as critical as all that is. There, there's room for the whimsical and the artistic. I understand that there is a Lego art exhibit that has found its way quite naturalistically onto the grounds of the Morton <laughs> Arboretum, and I would just love for you to tell our listeners about this special Lego exhibit. Yes, starting May 24th, we will be presenting Nature Connect, and visitors can come and see these wonderful sculptures built by artist Sean Kenny out of Legos. Lego bricks. So that probably doesn't sound, as I say, it, as all that exciting, but these are really intricate, naturalistic-looking sculptures built out of uh, the entire exhibit. I think it's collectively over a half million Lego blocks. So, for instance, you will see a peacock with its tail in full display, and it uses almost 700,000 Lego bricks and took 600 hours, over 600 hours to build. There's a uh, hummingbird sipping from a, a trumpet flower. There's a monarch butterfly. And you really have to see these in person to see how astonishing they are. I think it will be a real hit with kids, but there's something, uh, there's something there for adults, too. It's just amazing to see how, how great these things look at, at, with, this, with this intricate, delicate build. Oh, absolutely. And I hope you get a wonderful turnout as a reward for all of that labor. Sounds like a lot of teamwork. Yes, uh, Sean Kenny and his team put in a lot of hours. And when you, when you walk around, you'll see just how much time and effort goes into building each one of these. We, uh, we use the interpretation to tell stories about the Arboretum, but we also want to highlight Sean's amazing work building these, these fantastic sculptures. I think I would like to take a break now because I have to, Sarah. This is fascinating stuff. I can't wait to get to the Morton Arboretum, and I definitely want to encourage people to get there. Put this on your bucket list. It's extraordinary. We're going to turn to other aspects of the Arboretum, but let me take this quick break, and then we'll be right back with more of Sarah Sargent, more of all that you can discover at the Morton Arboretum outside Chicago, Illinois. Did you know that there are 38,000 carjackings and 6 million car accidents occurring each year in the U.S.? Now you can protect yourself and your family with Sabre's new Safe Escape automotive tool. Sabre, the number one pepper spray brand trusted by police worldwide, offers the only three-in-one car tool of its kind. The Safe Escape features a seat belt cutter to slice through malfunctioning seat belts in seconds, a stainless steel glass breaker for speedy escape, 
and Sabre's Maximum Strength Pepper Gel with a range of up to 12 feet and 25 bursts per canister. That's one safety tool that helps you escape to safety after a serious accident and helps protect you against dangerous threats you may encounter while driving or walking to or from your vehicle. It's available now at SabreRed.com. That's S-A-B-R-E-R-E-D.com. Use the offer code American Road to receive 20% off your purchase. Welcome back to American Roads Trip Talk. We are talking with Sarah Sargent, who is Manager of Interpretation and Exhibits at the Morton Arboretum. She and her team install temporary and permanent exhibits, thrilling people from around the world who pay a visit, and it's certainly well worth the drive. Sarah, this might be a good time for me to duck in this question. If people are visiting Chicago area, as you said, it's a sprawling urban landscape. How far away is the Arboretum from downtown Chicago? From downtown Chicago, it's about 25 miles. So well, that's not too bad. It's about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic, and there can be a lot of traffic. Yes, I'm quite certain about that because when I visit, and many people familiar with Chicago will know north of Chicago, you have Glenview, Illinois, and that's where I have relatives. So we stay there with the folks, and then we either get on the express train into Chicago or we just get in the car and we drive. And there have been so many wonderful places that we visited. As long as you're willing to pay the tolls when necessary and spend a little time, your drive and your patience will be amply rewarded when you visit the Morton Arboretum, I'm quite sure. And this is from a guy who hasn't been there yet, but I can't wait. This is going to be exceptional. One of the reasons why I say that, Sarah, is because I was just so thrilled when I read that you actually have a restored tall grass prairie. And for that to be, I think it's called the Schulenberg Prairie. It's at the Arboretum, was one of the earliest prairie restoration projects in the Midwest. Begun, wasn't it back in 1962? Yes, it, it's been um, under restoration for quite a while, and it, it's really glorious, especially if you come in the summer when the wildflowers are in full bloom. It's also a place to see what is now a very rare landscape, but what used to be the landscape all over northern Illinois, the, uh, the oak savanna, so uh, large oak trees with the, with the prairie grasses underneath them. It's really a glorious sight. It's still maintained by a team of intrepid volunteers, and we just finished our yearly burn, which is what keeps the plants growing well and the wildflowers happy when it's come time to bloom. That's the kind of thing that I love to see. You know, in nearby Arlington Heights, there's a, a rather small, fairly narrow patch there of prairie land that was saved as an urban island for this prairie type of ecology. And I thought, you know, they have a path that goes through it. I didn't want to step on anything, <laughs> do any damage. But this idea of keeping the prairie alive in an urban landscape seems so important because it has to do with Chicago's heritage and that of the surrounding area. Yes, this was um, prairie country right up until European settlement, and then the early settlers discovered that if you could plow the prairie, the, the soil was fantastically uh, agri uh, was, was great for growing crops. And so it, you know, over the years, it, it disappeared, and we're left with these few remnants. But the areas where the tall grass prairies are maintained are not only naturally beautiful, but great for studying the ecology of the region and for scientists looking into restoration techniques. 
I'm thinking in terms now of scale for Sean Kenny and his crew in cooperation with the Arboretum to create this Lego exhibit. I mean, how big an Arboretum are we talking about? I mean, there are Arboretums and there are Arboretums. Well, we have 1,700 acres, but um, Sean Kenny's traveling exhibit is in right in our core area. So our exhibits give people a, a way to either come and, and, and have a way to explore their, if it's their first time, or if they're long-time visitors, it gives them something to come back and see that's maybe a little new and different. So this exhibit, especially because it's, it's aimed at families and children, is right in our core area along some of our paved paths that around our um, man-made lake, Meadow Lake. So you can you can walk around and see this quite easily before you get out and explore the um, 16 miles of, of trails or the, the nine miles of driving roads. It's a, it's a great way to introduce yourself to the Arboretum. I'll bet it is. Tell me a bit more, Sarah, about the hiking trails. I mean, you got the backpack going or maybe just a bottle of water, and you have lots and lots of spaces for people to explore on foot. Yes, we do. And we have quite a number of landscapes that you can, you can see. There's the prairie that you mentioned. There's uh, woodland areas. There are marshes and wetlands. And so you can, you can see quite a number of things. And this summer, you can also see trolls because last year we had an artist named Thomas Dambo come and build an exhibit on site. And Thomas Dambo's uh, method is to use recycled materials to build these large woodland creatures. By large, I mean 25 to 30 feet tall um, that are trolls. And he's He's called them the guardians of the forest. So if you come <laughs> to summer, you can walk around and find six trolls that he built uh, inspired by our landscape and the troll hideout, which is off in the woods, which in the story of the trolls is where they go after dark when the visitors have left. Keep it spooky. <laughs> Halloween, if it's still going on at Halloween, that would be something. I'm hearing phrases like troll hunt and a troll tram. Yes. The troll hunt because um, the trolls, you can hunt the trolls and the trolls may be hunting us. The trolls are interested in guarding the forest and in Thomas's story, they're coming out of the woods to see what these small creatures running around with cars are doing and uh, they might they might want to take back the forest for themselves. So troll hunt works both ways. For visitors who don't want to drive around and see the trolls or aren't quite ready to do the uh, six to eight miles of walking that it would require to see all of them on foot, we do offer a troll tram. So we have tram tours. You can Ordinarily, you can take a tram tour and ride around the Arboretum on a guided tour for an hour, and our fantastic tram drivers will tell you about the history and ecology and uh, science going on all over the, our landscape. It's a great way to, to get an introduction to the place. Um, if you want to take an hour and a half, the tram drivers will take you around and let you get off at four of the trolls and take pictures and interact with them and get a little background history of the Arboretum as well. So it's a great way to explore, and it's a great way, if you haven't been, to be introduced to the everything the landscape has to offer. I just love that idea because it, I can imagine the children, but I mean, the, the kid and all of us would be excited by something like that. That's a brilliant idea. There are so many concepts there within the, the bounds of the Arboretum that seem to be brain children. They're the inspiration of various people. If you could say a little bit, Sarah, about who is it that drives all of these creative and cultural initiatives that nevertheless remain environmentally 
sensitive and educational at the same time. That's quite an achievement, and it must require an awful lot of brain power and people saying, hey, I think I got an idea here, and someone else going, oh, I can do this over there, and getting everybody excited about the holistic concept of the Arboretum. We have a lot of, of, of ways to um, introduce people to the Arboretum and then a lot of ways for them to engage when they come back. So, you know, you can come for a lot of reasons. You can come because you have two hours and you want to be outside for a bit. You can come to have kids and you want to give them an experience to give them, get them outside, get them out in nature. You can come because you want to get out into the woods and really be by yourself and have some solitude. So we try to... We try to have a lot of a lot of ways for people to encounter the arboretum. So you can come with children and explore the, the children's garden, um, ten acres, dedicated kids. You can come to the maze garden, which is right next to the children's garden, and kids can explore the maze. And if they, they solve it, they can climb up onto a platform and look out for under a, a sycamore tree over the, the central gardens of the arboretum. Um, if you come and you think you might like to come back, there are a lot of events that let people um, maybe start to experience the science that goes on here. So for Nature Connects, you might come back and join a walk, an evening walk, um, June 11th, and hear more about ecology and nature and the stories behind some of these um, individual sculptures. Or you might really decide that you want to, you want to get in depth and take a class in nature photography, or maybe um, maybe you want to get into gardening, or maybe you want to learn more about botany. There's there's just a, there's a lot of things for for people, and we hope that people become more and more engaged over time, and maybe come back and view this as their uh, their their backyard outside the city. The backyard outside the city, and never more so than in the case of summer. I mean, people get through Chicago winter. Sometimes they spend you know. 70, 80 years dealing with those. On the other hand, where I am in Florida, I meet quite a few people from Chicago, if you know what I mean. They finally have had one winter too many, but they know that there's a lot going on in summertime. So the Arboretum then, it sounds to me, uh, takes or makes maximum use of summertime and that, that patch of weather when it's warm, sometimes very warm, in order to display all of that foliage and all of the programs before the air gets chilly and you start looking for snow. Well, we do try to entice people year-round. So we'll be getting um, spring flowers, uh, flowering trees and wildflowers soon, and we'll be giving guided walks and tours and that's, that's really a spectacular sight um, if you come and you see the redbud trees reflected in Lake Marmo or the, uh, the meadows full of bluebells. It, it, it really does tell you that winter is over and spring has begun. Um, summer is a great time for concerts and experiencing the canopy and full leaf. Fall color, of course, is one of our big seasons. And the sugar maples out in the east woods are really spectacular all, you know, that time of year. And then when the weather weather gets cold and the leaves drop or drop off the trees, we uh, we offer illumination, which is our holiday light show, and that brings like, people to experience the trees in winter, which you know, it's, it's a it's a different kind of beauty, and we like people to have a chance to come and celebrate the holidays here as well. So you can really come any season, and we'll find something to engage you. 
holiday season there at the Arboretum would be extraordinary, especially if the trees are going to sleep for the winter. That doesn't mean you don't have something beautiful to look at. I was going to ask you about that every year. You must have a Christmas program and maybe with a new bit of flair each season. Yes, yeah, starting around uh, Thanksgiving and going to just after the new year, you can come and see Illumination. It's our winter light show, and it's a, about a mile trail through the through the woods, and we we do projections and lights and some interactive and let people experience the trees in winter. We also offer hot chocolate or spiked hot chocolate if you uh, want, and <laughs> we offer music, and sometimes we'll have performers come and sing or dance. So there's, it's a great um, holiday experience for the family, and people come back year after year and really make it part of their tradition. As well they should. And while we still have time, Sarah, would you tell us a bit about the Woodland Stewardship Program? Because I really get a sense of there being this history stretching well to the rear and headed well into the future, as the Mortons, I'm sure, intended. Yes. So the prairie, the, uh, the woods, the natural areas, all of these are maintained by a team of volunteers, and they are specially trained and and very dedicated. So these are people who go out under the guidance of our team of conservationists, and they are they learn how to care for the prairies. And it's everything from removing invasive uh, invasive plants from the woodlands, or uh, collecting seeds and sowing them on the prairie to, to keep the landscape restored and healthy. So it's a tremendous amount of work. And when you come and enjoy the beauty of the East Woods or the prairie, or you see the the natural landscape, it really is thanks to this team of volunteers. A team of volunteers, that is just crucial. As we get ready to say goodbye, I do have enough time, though, Sarah, I wanted to be sure to do this. Please tell people where they can find, especially online, where they can find the Morton Arboretum and plan a trip there soon. Yes, go online to mortonarb, M-O-R-T-O-N-A-R-B.org. And you can start to plan your trip and see what's going on, depending on the seats you want to come out here. And hopefully you'll find something that entices you to join us and spend a day or two. Is there a, an annual membership for those who are close enough to take advantage of it? Can you buy an annual membership or a lifetime membership? Yes, you can absolutely buy a membership. And you can get in free anytime you want and get uh, reduced um, fees on classes or, uh, or events. So it's if you're coming back regularly, it's a great deal. I think that's fantastic. I can't thank you enough, Sarah Sargent. It was very good of you to take time from your busy day and a Friday, no less. You're getting ready for the weekend. When I get there and I plan to be there in October, I will make sure to stop by and say hello. You've been super helpful to people planning their next road trip adventure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to American Roads Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely wherever you go and dream well. 